Today's caller is from Kobe, Japan. How's it going, caller? Everybody knows that Kobe is famous for their beef, right? But to some, there's an even weirder delicacy. It's a meat found around the globe, but not many bold enough to have had a taste. What kind of meat is that? Human flesh. Cannibalism? I doubt rarity is the issue there. More like legality. They would lock you away for even thinking about it. Oh, really? Well, tell that to the Kobe cannibal. Who? Issei Sagawa. Wait, who? The cannibal who's inexplicably walking free right now? Cannibals walking free? What the hell are you talking about, man? The one the Rolling Stones sang about, Isai Sagawa, the Kobe cannibal. Warning, what you're about to hear is true. At Hookswitch Hotline, we delve deep into shocking true crimes, including murder, violence, kidnapping, mutilation, and sexual assault. Not for children or the squeamish. Some will find this podcast disturbing. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Today on Hookswitch Hotline, Issei Sagawa, the Kobe Cannibal. Issei Sagawa was born April 26, 1949 in Kobe, Hyogo Prefecture, in the Kansai region of Honshu. He was born prematurely and developed a disease of the small intestine called enteritis. Eventually he recovered after injections of potassium and calcium and saline. After going through medical troubles early on, Issei's life seemed idyllic as the child of a wealthy family in Japan. His grandfather was editor for the Esai Shimbun, and his father, Akira Sagawa, was the president of Kurita Water in Issei attended school in the Kamakura, Kanagawa Prefecture in the Kanto region of Honshu. Issei told Vice in a 2011 interview that he'd begun to form cannibalistic desires as far back as the first grade, but Issei has also publicly stated that these feelings were stirred when he saw images of cannibalism in the children's story Hansel and Gretel, and he's blamed Western depictions of sexualized women for negatively impacting him as well. Issei did attempt to see a psychiatrist for his urges at around 15 years old, but he didn't find it to be helpful and retreated further into self-isolation. When he was 24, Isai went on to attend Waco University, and there he followed a tall German woman home and broke into her apartment as she slept. His intention? To slice off parts of her buttocks and sneak off with the human meat to cook and eat. But that's not how the evening went. Instead, the woman awoke to find Isai in her home, and she quickly shoved him to the ground. Tokyo police quickly arrested Isai, and he was charged with attempted rape. They had no idea what he was up to. His intention of eating human meat was never made clear to the police. Later, Isai would say, what I truly wished was to eat her living flesh. Nobody believes me, but my ultimate intention was to eat her, not necessarily to kill her. The charges of attempted rape were dropped when his father, Akira, paid the victim an undisclosed settlement. Later, Isai earned a master's degree in English literature at Kwansei Gakuin University. In 1977, Isai was 27 years old and decided to pursue a PhD in literature, so he moved to France to attend the Sorbonne in Paris. While living in Paris, Isai said, almost every night I would bring a prostitute home and then try to shoot them. But for some reason, my fingers froze up and I could never pull the trigger. As Isai wrote in his book In the Fog, quote, it became less about wanting to eat them, but more an obsession with the idea that I simply had to carry out this ritual of killing a girl, no matter what. Looking more closely for a moment at cannibalism. The island Carib people of Lesser Antilles, from whom the word cannibalism is derived, acquired a long-standing reputation 
as cannibals after their legends were recorded in the 17th century. Some controversy exists over the accuracy of these legends and the prevalence of actual cannibalism in the culture. Cannibalism was practiced in New Guinea and in parts of the Solomon Islands, and flesh markets existed in some parts of Melanesia. Fiji was once known as the Cannibal Isles. Cannibalism has been well documented in much of the world, including Fiji, the Amazon Basin, the Congo, and the Maori people of New Zealand. Neanderthals are believed to have practiced cannibalism, and Neanderthals may have been eaten by anatomically modern humans. Cannibalism was also practiced in ancient Egypt, Roman Egypt, and during famines in Egypt, such as the Great Famine of 1199 to 1202. Cannibalism has recently been both practiced and fiercely condemned in several wars, especially in Liberia and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It was still practiced in Papua New Guinea as recently as 2012 for cultural reasons and in rituals, as well as in war in various Melanesian tribes. Cannibalism has been said to test the bounds of cultural relativism because it challenges anthropologists to define what is or what is not beyond the pale of acceptable human behavior. Some scholars argue that no firm evidence exists that cannibalism has ever been a socially acceptable practice anywhere in the world at any time in history, although this has been consistently debated against. This practice was at its height during the 17th century. Although as late as the second half of the 19th century, some peasants attending an execution are reported to have, quote, rushed forward and scraped the ground with their hands that they might collect some of the bloody earth, which they subsequently crammed in their mouths in hope that they might thus get rid of their disease, end quote. Cannibalism has occasionally been practiced as a last resort by people suffering from famine, even in modern times. Famous examples include the ill-fated Donner Party, 1846 to 1847, and more recently, the crash of the Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571 in 1972, after which some survivors ate the bodies of the dead. Additionally, there are cases of people suffering from mental illness engaging in cannibalism for sexual pleasure, such as Jeffrey Dahmer, Albert Fish, and the subject of today's podcast. Surprisingly, there is resistance to formally labeling cannibalism as a mental disorder. Many instances of cannibalism by necessity were recorded during World War II. For example, during the 872-day siege of Leningrad, reports of cannibalism began to appear in the the winter of 1941-1942, after all birds, rats, and pets were eaten by survivors, Leningrad police even formed a special division to combat cannibalism. Some 2.8 million Soviet POWs died in Nazi custody in less than eight months during 1941-1942. According to the USHMM, by the winter of 1941, quote, starvation and disease resulted in mass death of unimaginable proportions, end quote. This deliberate starvation led to many incidents of cannibalism. Following the Soviet victory at Stalingrad, it was found that some German soldiers in the besieged city, cut off from supplies, resorted to cannibalism. Later, following the German surrender in January 1943, roughly 100,000 German soldiers were taken prisoner of war. Almost all of them were sent to POW camps in Siberia or Central Asia where, due to being chronically underfed by their Soviet captors, many resorted to cannibalism. Fewer than 5,000 of the prisoners taken at Stalingrad survived the captivity. Cannibalism took place in the concentration and death camps in the independent state of Croatia, a Nazi German puppet state which was governed by a fascist Eustatia organization who committed the genocide of Serbs and the Holocaust in the independent state of Croatia. Some survivors testified that some of the Eustatians drank the blood from the slashed throats of the victims. The Australian war crime section of the Tokyo Tribunal, led by prosecutor William Webb, the future judge-in-chief, collected numerous written reports and testimonies that documented Japanese Japanese soldiers' act 
of cannibalism among their own troops, on the enemy dead, as well as on allied prisoners of war in many parts of the greater East Asia co-prosperity sphere. In September 1942, Japanese daily rations on New Guinea consisted of 800 grams of rice and tinned meat. However, by December, this had fallen to 50 grams, 78 to 80 according to historian Yuki Tanaka. Cannibalism was often a systemic activity conducted by whole squads and under the command of officers, end quote. In some cases, flesh was cut from living people. A prisoner of war from the British Indian Army, Lance Naikatama Lee, testified that in New Guinea, quote, the Japanese started selecting prisoners, and every day one prisoner was taken out and killed and eaten by the soldiers. I personally saw this happen, and about 100 prisoners were eaten at this place by the Japanese. The remainder of us were taken to another spot 50 miles away, where 10 prisoners died of sickness. At this place, the Japanese again started selecting prisoners to eat. Those selected were taken to a hut where the flesh was cut from their bodies while they were alive, and they were thrown into a ditch where they later died, end quote. Another well-documented case occurred in Chichijima in February 1945 when Japanese soldiers killed and consumed five American airmen. This case was investigated in 1947 in a war crimes trial, and 30 of the Japanese soldiers were prosecuted. Five were found guilty and hanged. In his book Flyboys, A True Story of Courage, James Bradley details several instances of cannibalism of World War II Allied prisoners by their Japanese captors. The author claims that this included not only ritual cannibalization of the livers of freshly killed prisoners, but also the cannibalization for sustenance of living prisoners over the course of several days, amputating limbs only as needed to keep the meat fresh. There are more than a hundred documented cases in Australia's government archives of Japanese soldiers practicing cannibalism on enemy soldiers and civilians in New Guinea during the war. For instance, from an archived case, an Australian lieutenant describes how he discovered a scene with cannibalized bodies, including one, quote, consisting only of a head, which had been scalped and a spinal column, end quote. And that, in all cases, the condition of the remains were such that there can be no doubt that the bodies had been dismembered and portions of the flesh cooked. In another archived case, a Pakistan corporal who was captured in Singapore and transported to New Guinea by the Japanese testified that Japanese soldiers cannibalized a prisoner per day for about a hundred days. There was also an archive memo in which a Japanese general stated that eating anyone except enemy soldiers was punishable by death. Toshiyuki Tanaka, a Japanese scholar in Australia, mentions that it was done, quote, to consolidate the group feeling of the troops, end quote, rather than due to food shortages or other practical excuses. Tanaka also states that the Japanese committed the cannibalism under supervision of their senior officers to serve as a power projection tool. Jimadar Abdul Latif of the British Indian Army stated that the Japanese soldiers ate both Indian POWs and the local New Guinean people. At the camp for Indian POWs in Wuwak, where many died and 19 POWs were eaten. The Japanese doctor and Lieutenant Tamisa would send an Indian out of the camp, after which a Japanese party would kill and eat flesh from the body, as well as cut off and cook certain body parts, liver, buttock muscles, thighs, legs, arms. In his book, The Gulag Archipelago, Soviet writer Alexander Solzhenitsyn described cases of cannibalism in the 20th century Soviet Union. Of the famine of 1921-1922, he wrote, that horrible famine was up to cannibalism, up to consuming children by their own parents. The famine, which Russia had never known even in time of troubles, 
end quote. Cannibalism was widespread during the famine of Ukraine in 1932 and 1933. During the 1930s, multiple acts of cannibalism were reported from Ukraine, Russia's Volga, South Siberian, and Kuban regions during the Soviet famine of 1932-1933. Survival was a moral as well as a physical struggle. A woman doctor wrote to a friend in June 1933 that she had not yet become a cannibal, but was, quote, not sure that I shall not be one by the time my letter reaches you, end quote. The good people died first. Those who refused to steal or to prostitute themselves died. Those who gave food to others died. Those who refused to eat corpses died. Those who refused to kill their fellow man died. At least 2,505 people were sentenced for cannibalism in the years 1932 and 1933 in Ukraine, though the actual number of cases was certainly higher. Solzhenitsyn said of the seas of Leningrad 1941 to 1944, quote, those who consumed human flesh are dealt with the human liver trading from dissecting rooms, were accounted as the political criminals, end quote. And of the building of the Northern Railway Labor Camp, Solzhenitsyn reports, quote, an ordinary hard-working political prisoner almost could not survive at that penal camp. In the camp, there were many cases of cannibalism. They cut human bodies, cooked, and ate, end quote. On the 11th of June, 1981, Sagawa, then 32, invited his Sorbonne classmate, Renee Hartevelt, a Dutch woman, to dinner at his apartment at 10 Rue Erlanger under the pretext of translating poetry for a school assignment. Sagawa planned to kill and eat her, having selected her for her health and beauty, characteristics which he felt he lacked. Sagawa considered himself weak, ugly, and small. He was four foot nine and claims he wanted to absorb her energy. She was 25 years old and five foot 10. After Hartevelt arrived, she began reading poetry at a desk with her back to Sagawa, and then he shot her in the neck with a rifle. Sagawa said he fainted after the shock of shooting her, but awoke with the realization that he had to carry out his plan. Sagawa had sex with her corpse, but he could not bite into her skin because his teeth were not sharp enough, so he left the apartment and purchased a butcher's knife. Sagawa consumed various parts of Hartevelt's body, eating most of her breasts and face, either raw or cooked, while saving other parts in his refrigerator. Sagawa also took photographs of Hartevelt's body at each eating stage. Sagawa then attempted to dump the remains of Hartevelt's corpse in a lake in the Bois de Boulogne, carrying her dismembered body parts in two suitcases. But he was caught in the act and arrested by French police four days later. Sagawa's wealthy father provided a lawyer for his defense. And after being held for two years awaiting trial, Sagawa was found legally insane and unfit to stand trial by the French judge, Jean-Louis Brugier, who ordered him held indefinitely in a mental institution. After a visit by the author Inuiko Yomoda, Sagawa's account of his kill was published in Japan under the title In the Fog. Sagawa's subsequent publicity and macabre celebrity likely contributed to the French authorities' decision to deport him to Japan, where he was immediately committed to Matsuzawa Hospital in Tokyo. His examining psychologists all declared him sane and found sexual perversion was his sole motivation for murder. As the charges against Sagawa in France had been dropped, the French court documents were sealed and were not released to the Japanese authorities. Consequently, Sagawa could not legally be detained in Japan. Sagawa checked himself out of the hospital on the 12th of August, 1986, and has subsequently remained free since that day. Sagawa's continued freedom has been widely criticized.
In recent years, Issei has struggled to find publication for his writing or employment, but this was not the case between 1986 and 1997. In those years, his writing was published, and he even wrote restaurant reviews for Spa Magazine. In 1992, Issei made an acting appearance in an Hisayasu Seito film. Seito is a director and screenwriter who specialized in a genre of exploitation films known as pink film which were films with sexual content that were produced and distributed by smaller independent studios. Sato has directed over 50 films that all thematically focus on eroticism, sadism, and body horror within those in the lower classes of Japanese society. In Japan, Sato is known as one of the four heavenly kings of pink. The title of the Sato film translates to Unfaithful Wife, Shameful Torture. In the film, Issei played a sadosexual voyeur, Issei has written books not only on the murder of Renee Hartfelt that he committed, but also on the Kobe child murders of Ayaka Yamashita and June Hayes that took place on March 16th and May 27th in 1997. Issei nearly found work at a language school in France since the manager was impressed Issei had the courage to use his real name, but the manager quickly received backlash on the choice by his employees and Issei was rejected. In 2005, Issei's parents died and he was not able to attend their funeral. However, Issei did repay their creditors and he moved into public housing as he received welfare benefits for a time. In 2013, Issei was hospitalized due to a cerebral infraction and his nervous system was left permanently damaged. Now Issei lives alone and requires daily assistance from his younger brother and other caregivers. Despite these recent setbacks, Issei has had high-profile manga depictions and has been allowed talk show appearances. He has even been known to describe his crimes and cannibalistic desires when promoting material. Once, Issei ate a bowl of chicken wings while going into gruesome details of his cannibalistic endeavors in order to promote a manga novel for a national television audience. It is a wonder how a man like Issei can still walk the streets with comments like, What I'm saying is, I can't bear the thought of leaving this life without ever tasting the dairy air that I saw this morning or her thighs. I want to eat them again while I'm alive so that I can at least be satisfied when I die. Issei once tried to explain publicly that it's simply a fetish. For example, if a normal-faced man fancied a girl, he'd naturally feel a desire to see her as often as possible, to be close to her, to smell her, and kiss her, right? To me, eating is just an extension of that. Frankly, I can't fathom why everyone doesn't feel this urge to eat, to consume other people. The acceptance of Issei's content in Japanese culture comes as a surprise since Issei himself blamed the impact of Western culture on his lusts with sexual depictions of stars such as Grace Kelly. In Japan, the possession of child sex abuse images was not outlawed until 2014, and virtual images of a similar nature have been called into question but are not yet illegal. At a manga exhibition in Tokyo, a representative told BBC journalist James Fletcher, Everyone knows that child abuse is not a good thing, but having that kind of emotion is free. Enjoying imagining some sexual situation with a child is not prohibited. This statement is not to be taken lightly with manga earning nearly $4 billion in revenue as an industry. After all these years, it is incredible how Issei's presence can still be felt in the zeitgeist. Issei's crimes have even inspired music over the years, like a song on the Rolling Stones 1983 undercover album entitled Too Much Blood. A friend of mine was just Japanese, he had a girlfriend in Paris. 
Strangler's 1981 song La Folie. Recently, Issei published the manga novel entitled Extremely Intimate Fantasies of Beautiful Girls, which features pictures Drew himself. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Hook Switch Hotline. Please subscribe and come back next week where we'll delve deep into more graphic true crimes.